Clubhouse. Welcome to Decorating the Set from Hollywood to Your Home with your hosts, Beth Kushnick and Caroline Daly. Welcome to Decorating the Set. This is Caroline. Hi, this is Beth. I'm so excited, Beth, that we get to talk about lighting today. I feel like I spend so much time downloading apps on my camera to make sure my filters and my lighting look just so. And now, having spent so much time in my house, I'm realizing that it is a travesty what I'm doing with my lighting. Yes, we're going to help everybody with lighting today because don't you think, Caroline, spending all this time at home, even though we've talked some about this subject, it's become even more important in all the ways that we are living and working in our houses. Absolutely. It makes me legitimately grumpy when I feel like I'm like living in a cave. Like I can't stand it. Like I'll do this and I'll be like, turn some lights on around here. This is ridiculous. I can't stand it. Especially during this time of the year, you know, that's why um, a lot of people are affected by seasonal disorder, which is uh, a lack of light. And, you know, everybody's saying take more vitamin D, get more light during COVID. And Mm. it's something to really think about and address. And we're going to do it with um, some more practical suggestions. I love that so much. Now, I know, Beth, that you have a lifetime love affair with lighting. Tell us a little bit about that. I do. I I think I might be known for the set decorator who has gathered the most lampshades ever. <laughs> I spent many a year in my shop where we had so many lampshades that we actually built rigs to hang them off pipes and then use pulleys to get them up to the ceiling. And then we would bring them down again when, when choosing a shade to shade a lamp. But it's just something that as a set decorator, as an interior designer, it's always been that top layer that is the most impactful, you know, on everything, visually, on your mood, on the ambiance you're trying to create, the character's backstory that you're trying to tell. I love that you talk about having this whole warehouse of lampshades because it makes me think of like Mardi Gras world where they show you like the behind the scenes and you can see like all of the floats and whatnot. I can imagine being immersed in Beth's brain in a warehouse like metaphor kind of situation where all the lighting is all around me. And it makes me very happy, Beth. I have to tell you that. Yeah, I I have put out on Instagram sometimes the lighting aisle of a shop that I've been working out of. And it is, that's definitely as behind the scenes as I can possibly go, I think, with my work. And uh, again, just my whole process of choosing a lamp, shading the lamp, and then balancing all the different types of lighting on a set is the most important thing to me. And it's really something that I do in coordination with the electric department, with the director of photography. On set, we call these different fixtures, we actually call them practicals. What does it mean? 
practical lighting is really it's the use of regular working light sources like lamps or candles or even the glow of the television set. Those are all intentionally added as set decoration. They create different kinds of cinematic quality, especially when something's shot in, uh, you know, as a nighttime scene. Everything's used to give off a kind of subtle glow and directed, as we call them, practical lighting areas. Okay, Beth, so I feel like when I show up at my big box store, I am staring at all these these bases and I see shades, but that's about all the verbiage I know for lamps. And I'm doing myself a gigantic disservice by not being more educated about the different parts. So can you fill us in a little bit? Of course. So we've got a base for a lamp that could be a ceramic base. It could be a wood base, a metal base. And, you know, pretty much anything can be used as the base of a lamp if you retrofit it with the wiring and electric hardware and pieces that are needed. And some lamps like ginger jar lamps, which are very common, they started actually being made out of the ceramics of, uh, you know, what was referred to as a ginger jar. So your base can be anything. And in a big box store, your base is sold as is. Then to attach the shade to the lamp, you need a harp. And, and harps come in different sizes. And the reason for the different sizes is that you've got a lampshade that can sit higher or lower based on the height of the harp. One of our most valuable toolboxes in all of my lead man's kit is literally a milk crate filled with harps that have all been measured and marked. So if we need a six-inch harp, we grab it. If we need an eight-inch harp, and there is a lot of difference, you know, based on the size of a lamp. And at the top of the harp, you put a finial. And finials are getting rarer and rarer. They're like the screw that kind of holds the shade on? Yes, they're that decorative That little touch at the top. You know, the little decorative touch at the top. When we used to shop in stores that were made, say, just for lighting, we would always go to the special case of finials. And the whole look of a lamp can change based on the decorative finial. You can show like a little touch of personality with that too, right? Or or, or a certain yes, style. Yes, the finial can bring color. It can bring style. It can bring ethnicity even if you have a chinese ginger jar lamp and then harp shade and the same kind of chinese pattern let's say in the finial the lamp looks complete and it's another piece of decorative element so one thing that i do wrong all the time when it comes to picking the base and the shade and i should i shouldn't even say i do it wrong i end up just getting overwhelmed standing there How do I know what size base and what size shade goes together? Well, two things. One is in big box stores, now more than ever, if you look on the lampshade, pretty common that you'll see a letter, A, B, C, D. If you look on the lamp that you're purchasing separately, you'll see the same thing. So all A shades equate to the A bases. 
Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Beth, where have you been? (laughs) You're being given your options right in front of your very eyes. Wow. You just have to take them and work with them. I always tend to want to shade a lamp on a table where there's some space, which can be a little bit hard because in a store, in a big box store, but online ordering can help you with those matchups because the perspective at which you look at the lamp can have an effect on what your opinion might be about the shade. For instance, when you're looking at that lamp and shade sitting down, you might realize that your harp is too high because the light is hitting you right in the eyes and your shade's not low enough. So it does help to, when you're purchasing in person, a base, a harp, and a shade, to do some experimentation. So I can imagine that comes up on set all the time when you have various actors and where they're going to be seated, how the scene is set up. Talk to us a little bit about how you are looking at the set as a whole and you're walking around trying to make sure that the lights are actually benefiting the scene. Caroline, that is probably an area that I spend the most time on, both that and hanging art on a set. So the first thing I do is put in the bigger fixtures, maybe the fixtures on either side of the bed. I put in the ceiling fixtures, whatever sconces we're going to use. I pretty much always start with sconces because once a sconce is put up on a wall, I don't necessarily always want to see a lampshade in front of it. Sometimes the work that I do is more about editing than putting in. After the set is lit, I take a look at it from all different angles. I sit, I stand, I move around. If there's a window, I look on the outside of the set through the window to balance both the color of the light, where the light hits, And just the overall vibe, because it's very rare that someone has, let's say, five lamps in a room and that every single lampshade is the same. That just doesn't necessarily happen in real life. And I'm about creating that very authentic top layer of life. I tend to spend a lot of time balancing light. Talk to me about different lighting choices that you've made on set that really stand out to you. Ones that made a statement or maybe even ones that were kind of difficult to figure out how to do it. Um, I'd say that in home interiors on stage or even on location, it's much easier to pick from a wide variety of lamps and shades and move things around and really work with the space. When I'm doing, let's say, an office setting a setting with multiple desks that would have multiples of the same lamps, or for instance, on the good wife in the courtroom, we needed lighting for the prosecution and the defense tables. You know, some lighting has immediate connotations, for instance, pharmacy lamps. You know, we always see those brass lamps with green shades, emerald green shades, and they connotate library or courtroom. And I really didn't want to go that route. That color was not in our palette at all. And I was lucky enough to find silver pharmacy lamps 
with black glass shades. Beautiful. It just was the the right hit that we needed to have a kind of designed again the word practicality but now i'm talking about in the terms of what would be expected to be seen in that kind of space and we did it in a way that was unique i love how lamps give you that opportunity where you can keep the same shape like that but you just made it more special with the the color choice that is so unique. And, you know, it's funny. My mom collected ornaments wherever we would go on vacation. And then I saw this thing about how people started buying lamps from places that they that they vacationed. And I thought, what a cool way to, like, bring back a piece of where you were. Because the style of the lamps typically kind of invoke this feeling of where you are. Like you were saying, the pharmacy lamp's going to make you think of this, like, library or office space or that type of thing. There's something about just the shape of a lamp that brings you to that moment right or let's say you know you travel to montana and you're staying in a lodge and you bring back the the bear lamp and there is no um, doubt where you were (laughs) when you see that lamp right like i kind of love the idea of having so i'm a very practical person i never ever buy souvenirs for my kids if they weren't on vacation with me they don't need to remember it right i don't need to bring them back stuff so i'm like eh, it's fine but i love the idea of a practical souvenir from someplace and something like a lamp feels like dead on for me it's great it may be hard to coordinate all of them within your home but every once in a while wherever i shop in the past pre-covid but wherever i would go whether it was yard sale or obscure antique store my my pull into the store is usually some piece of lighting it continues to come up for me as these kind of iconic pieces um to give the gist of the eli gold character in the good wife i had found this incredible rather large silver lamp that actually was real silver and it, it looks like the U.S. Open trophy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was, you know, really, really striking piece. We reshaded it. That stayed with Eli Gold as his character's iconic piece. That's sort of what I've done. The um, lamps next to Alicia's bedside table, which I'd say next to her paint color, were were probably through the years the question I got the most, were an odd choice. They were tall and they were floral, but in a kind of hipster way. I don't know what it was, but they just ended up working there. Now I have to ask you, what is the difference between like a hipster floral pattern and like a Nana floral pattern? Help me with that, Beth. I'd say hipster feels more period, more 60s, 70s, more pop art, whereas a traditional floral could be blue and white floral or even something that you'd see on a traditional kind of ginger jar lamp, something that's seen in a more stately environment. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So more formal looking, right? Yes. Okay, as opposed to that sort of more, a little more laid back pattern. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe in a more traditional palette. So talk to me about these bedroom lights you were talking about here. 
just again something that I saw through my years of shopping. Um, it's an area that I don't skimp on. I'm not saying that each purchase that I make uh, lighting-wise is an expensive one. It's definitely, definitely one of the biggest categories that one can do a high-low shop on. You can see an antique, hand-blown Murano glass fixture uh, and spend that kind of money if you have it. Or you can find replicas, things that look similar now. Almost every home furnishings vendor has an extensive lighting department. So I know on set you don't always purchase all of your lamps. How do you go about dealing with storage and and how do you kind of like find that that just right bulb? Because I know that that matters now. It does. I'm a lover of old incandescent bulbs. Since I have a hoarding problem with those bulbs because I can't stand really a problem, Beth, or is it like an amazing? No, 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 no. It's 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 so much of a problem that maybe if I confess here on my podcast, finally I can be be released of this this. burden that i carry people are gonna come hit you up for for incandescent bulbs that's what's gonna happen they're gonna be like how much would you charge for what you could start be yeah i'm trafficking incandescent (laughs) bulbs yes (laughs) listen i have to say i i cannot uh visually stand or even accept and and I, i i do comprehend the longevity of these bulbs but there are mansions all over. There are new construction. There are places that I look at to decorate and, and to help clients. And and the whole entire environment is altered in this LED state of lighting. It seems to me visually, personally, so different than the kind of beauty and subtlety of an incandescent bulb. Yeah, one's like like eating by candlelight, and one is like eating in a surgical room. <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> look, I broke down because the light bulb in my refrigerator burnt out, yeah. and I admit that I ordered a two pack of uh, forty watt appliance bulbs online, and they arrived. And even though they say on the package that they're just like incandescent light bulbs. They're not. They're LED, and every time the fridge is opened, it looks like surgery is going to be happening. <laughs> that That is an extreme dislike for those LED bulbs when you can't stand it on the inside of your refrigerator. You're I know, like, I, I cannot abide by this. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That's a commitment that I can respect. Like, like you're not having this even when, when you just are opening the door for some food. I love it. Well, I'm in the process of deciding how much I can withstand. If I can withstand anything, it's just in the size of uh, the bottom of a refrigerator. So I do practice what I preach, and all the light bulbs in my home are true old incandescent light bulbs. 
You'd be proud of me. I was at my parents' lake house and they had LED bulbs and I went digging in a closet and found some incandescent bulbs and changed them out. I'm waiting for someone to notice. So far, no one has said a peep, but at some point they're going to notice. I could not be more proud. I could not be more proud. <laughs> and I was like kind of outraged. I was like, what is with this LED lighting here? I can't enjoy myself. Now I'm going to go deep into the mania of my lighting issues. Oh God, I want to hear it. Let's dive okay. deep, Beth. I knew that, and this is a while ago, of course, I knew that I was traveling to stay someplace on vacation, and I brought light bulbs with me. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I changed, I changed my hotel room's light bulbs. That is fantastic. And now I feel like if I'm someplace and I see an incandescent light, I might bring an LED with me and do a switcheroo <laughs> and end up snagging an incandescent to go with me. Oh my I can... God. Okay, now everybody knows we're both crazy. <laughs> I love it. But you know what? It sets the mood so much. It matters what it type matters. of lighting is coming into your space. And, you know, in this day and age, we have so much computer screen light coming into our eyes, really wanting to get away from that white or blue super light and wanting to go to those warmer tones. I mean, that's just I feel like it's everyone's nature to, to go towards a warm light. Really what you want to do now that we're home with shorter days of light, we want to do a reassess to see where you have these pockets of darkness, where the investment in a standing lamp that's adjustable or an additional desk lamp, this may be the time to, you know, pump up the lighting in all the different areas of your home. In preparing for this, I, I had been listening to you talk about having lights behind me and above me and around me. And I literally woke up this morning and glanced over. I turned on my, my nightstand light and I noticed this corner of my room that is totally dark. And I was like, I am going to buy like a like a stand light over here. Like I need some sort of tall lighting in that corner, corner of the room. Like it was immediately like, well, that's upsetting that that's dark over there. <laughs> like I need immediately to find something to make that lighting feel more balanced, not not just coming from one direction. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a balance of the um, efficiency of the light that you need. It's a balance with our TV screens and our computer screens. It's a balance of the thickness of the lampshade. I personally don't like to see light bulbs through lampshades. I tend to want to make a purchase of higher quality shade. Sometimes we can luck out and at vendors or stores that are specific to lighting that make custom beautiful silk shades. Sometimes, many times, I've been lucky enough to get to purchase orders that may have been custom for someone that they never ended up using or picking up. That seems like back to one of your suggestions early on when you told us to make friends with some people in those types of places. Seems like the type of thing where you could let a custom place know like, hey, I'm always in the market. So if you have any abandoned orders, like, yep, you know, think absolutely. of me, give me a call. That seems worth it to keep that relationship. The other thing I can say is looking around at, at my lighting, I don't tend to spend as much on the lamp itself as I do on the shade. The shade is what really informs the look, gives off that beautiful glow, that quality of light. If I have an opportunity, I'm always going to go for a better shade. 
what should I expect to spend on a good lampshade? What is what is reasonable? What is like, oh, that's way too much? Wow, that's a really hard question. I would say on the low end, $15 all the way to... Sky's the limit, I'm sure. Sky's the <laughs> limit. I mean, if you, if you think about it, like a custom-made silk gown... That's what a lampshade is, you know? Yeah, I mean, the material, there are lampshades with jewels hanging on them and beads. And there are custom dyed silk shades and incredible fabric, uh, feathers. And I mean, all kinds of things, trim, you know, beautiful embroidered trims and all kinds of things that can come together. And then there's just, in my living room, I have a simple white lamp with a simple white shade. And in the, in the place where it is, it works perfectly. It almost fades while it's brightening up the space. It's, it's it. sort it's, of a, a, a strange dichotomy, but it works. <laughs> I love that. So sometimes your your lamp could be like the jewel of the room, and sometimes it could just be like the subtle little helper that's just like, I, I'm here to help you, but I don't need to be the center of attention. I don't think people think of lamps as much as their decorative objects as they should. You can have a, a setup on a console or a chest with a beautiful mirror hanging above it. And if your plants or flowers, we're still talking about bringing nature into every environment. And then if you put a small light on that console or on that chest and you see the lampshade and the light in the mirror, you've now given yourself a kind of double glow and it's, it's yet another decorative piece. It's the same as putting a beautiful vase there. It makes the, the space feel so special right there. Like, it's like, I wanted you to notice this little part over here. I do the same thing on the opposite. Like, I'll turn off the lights in the kitchen if it's messy in there and mm-hmm. just light up the whole living room. Like, like pay no mind to the to my backstage kitchen area over there. Just, I'm only lighting the living room right <laughs> yes, now. now I'm drawing the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Only cast your eye over here. But I love those little moments. When someone has a little, little lamp on the kitchen counter or a little lamp in a bathroom, I immediately feel like the space is elevated like i'm like whoa you actually cared to take a moment and make this feel a little bit more layered i'm very impressed with that now i know that one of the things we're encouraging people to do is to change things up and move things around their house so if they find themselves with extra shades or or extra bases or whatnot how should we best store these things where we're not wrecking them because that's a big problem Well, that is really the problem with my lampshade debacle in the shop, which led us to figuring out ways to storing the lampshades. Because if you stack shades, eventually they'll get a rim around the shade on the bottom. And that impression made from the shade being stored on top of it, that you can't get rid of. So I have to say, a lot of people... In Greenpoint, Brooklyn, for all the years I've worked at a shop there, are probably sitting at home with some of these lampshades that I'm talking about now, because (laughs) we've had a lot of lampshades go in the dumpster. Oh, wow. 
So be cautious. Like, we, you want to make sure you actually box them or do something properly with them. Don't be stacking stuff on top of a lampshade. Right. Box them with bubble wrap in between them. Also, cleaning lampshades is often not done. So try not to use a, a damp cloth. Try to use a, a dry cloth. And sometimes the best way to clean a lampshade is to take a can of dust off and move yourself in another room or even outside. Wear some protective glasses, but dust off a lampshade. Spray what you would use to clean your camera. Spray a can of dust off. Smart. I hear you can use that for um, artificial plants too. Absolutely. That's the best thing to clean artificial plants with. Okay, Beth. So let's go room by room a little bit and give our listeners some tips about ways that they can elevate their lighting in different settings. So talk to us about bedrooms. What can we do? Sure. I'm going to talk to you about bedrooms and also rental apartments. You know, it's rare to have overhead lighting in older rental apartments. So both in your bedroom and in rental apartments, you can consider sconces that are hung on the wall that have a metal strip that covers the wire, goes down to the floor where you plug them in. We've talked about these before. And this way you can pull the lighting closer to you. You know, there's a lot to be said for adjusting the existing lighting that you have. So bedside sconces that can push away from you, that can come closer to you while you're reading, those are very, very helpful. Now with all this new tech, it includes lighting as well. You can literally change the color of your entire room with a remote control. These are available, very moderately priced at big box stores. So it's kind of painting with light. You can set a mood, you can have fun with your kids, you can have a rainbow bathroom or a blue bathroom or a blue bedroom. It's so cute. I love that. Yeah, you know what I've been looking into? I know they're 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 kind of childlike, but I was thinking that those small lights that you can plug in and kind of see the galaxy on your ceiling. Oh yeah, there's like planet arium lights. Yeah. But <laughs> I, but they're making them now for adults. <laughs> So you don't feel like you're, you know, sleeping with unicorns. But I have this idea that I really wanted to try that. And Sleeping out under the stars would yeah. be very calming right now. Right? Make you yeah. feel like you're in another world, which we all want to be in right that's now. Right. So that's okay. I think that's like a COVID zen trick. Ah. Everybody should be sleeping under the stars in their New York City apartments. We've talked a lot about bulbs, but there are also bulbs that are being used in many, many decorative situations. Pretty much in any bar in Brooklyn, those filament bulbs, which set a kind of tone and a quality of light, are pretty interesting. They're being used a lot for single hanging uh, pendant lights. Yeah, you know, over your Very kitchen industrial counter, looking. industrial looking, but or but kind of warm. farmhouse too. Yeah, yeah, kind of that mix. I don't. What is that? Yeah. It's like sort of like it's like I want to say like like not fussy or something. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's industrial chic. That's what it's kind of known as, and it's warm and it feels a little period and 
I, I think everywhere that you're working now, you want to seriously assess the lighting situation for yourself, for your kids. Um, again, how are Zoom environments are seen and things that have multi-uses like pharmacy lamp that is a standing lamp that raises, you know, raises up when you need a light higher or comes down when you're sitting and reading on the sofa or in a chair. Those things will really help you now through this second wave where we're settling in, we're being practical with our practicals, and we're really creating our living and our working spaces that serve us to the best of our ability. So I think that it's a common mistake that people have where they go out and they get 100 watt bulbs for everything in their entire house and they just light it at that one level. Yeah, 100 watt bulbs can yep. blow a circuit real quick. <laughs> so how can we play with the different levels of light we have in a room and, and why is that important at all? Well, it's just important for your eyeballs, really, and for your mood. You know, everything from candles in COVID. During the pandemic, I read the other day that uh, candle sales have increased by 30%. They provide a relief from constantly looking at a screen. As we've talked about, Caroline, you know, they provide scent and mood boosters. We all need some mood boosters up in here, Beth. Everybody needs to elevate a mood. As a matter of fact, right now, I'm looking at a candle that I received from my daughter as a gift this holiday season. And uh, it's a candle and the outside of it says, get shit done. So, <laughs> so it's I encouraging, was, inspiring, practically right. a to-do list all in one. <laughs> it smells good. Wow. And it's providing me with some nice, warm light. So, you know, it's, it's a home run, that gift right there. <laughs> I love that. I love it. And, and you know what? I feel like the 30% uptick in candles... Doesn't that just speak to people wanting this like cozy, cozy, coziness right now that I know they can get in a variety of ways? I want to be like, come on over here. We can talk to you about lighting year round. <laughs> yeah, I do. I really feel that way. I think I, I think this is a category that you don't know how much you've missed it until you fix it. Like you were saying about that dead, dark spot in your room. I, I think that these are such easy tips moving around what you've what you have ordering online a few more different choices changing the bulbs taking stock of what the room feels like at different hours on different days when the weather is gloomy how you feel maybe people do want to invest and and they're not really expensive in one of those boxes that people sit in front of for a certain amount of time during the day if mm, it's like they a, have seasonal disorder. Oh, and what, it, like, it gives you some vitamin D or whatnot? What does yeah, it do it you? Just, it, yeah, you just like sit in front of the glow and it really helps your mood. Wow, isn't that crazy? Bodies are weird, Beth. But you know what I think of is like the whole thing of when you have a baby and they have jaundice. 
Yeah, totally and, Billy Ruben you know, lights. Right. It's yeah. the same kind of thing. You know, we all... We, we could use some Billy sun. Rubin benis- bassinets up in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be so much fun to lie in a bassinet and yes. just chill out with my, you know. Billy Rubin lights on us. Billy Rubin lights. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. There is so much balancing you can do with simple switch changes, right? Like we don't always just yeah, have to have it course. on or off, right? No. Dimmers. Dimmers. Dimmers are the way. Especially when... You don't have the luxury of overhead lighting. Anything that you can get on a dimmer so you can control the light. So you can just have a little glow in the kitchen when the mess is in there. So you can, again, use those tools. Be your own, you know, I say be your own set decorator. Well, now you can be your own set decorator and your own director of cinematography. What? You are so empowering, Beth. It's true. Everybody has this ability. (laughs) They just have to apply themselves. It just has to be in their, it doesn't necessarily have to be in their wheelhouse. It just has to be something they're motivated to just try. So how can we try? What are the steps to trying, Beth? What what are the things that we need to do for like walking into a room and we're like, all right, what, what do I do? How do I address my lighting? I'd say start with inventory. Take an assessment of what you have. If you've been spending more time in the living room and you feel like you need the light there, take it from the guest room. If you don't need it in your bedroom because you're trying to just sleep in there and not work in there, move things around, shift things around. Just like we said, take a photo of your Zoom environment and then you be the one looking at it, assessing it. Do the same thing turn the lights on the way you would have them on a daily basis, shoot the room and see what it looks like. Yeah. I think it's so much easier to see it, like where the dead spots are like that. Absolutely. And you can enlarge it and you can flip through, shoot it as a panorama, start in one corner, keep moving around the room and see what's working for you and what's not. The, the more you listen here, the more we'll give you as many practical tips as possible. And I know that some of them are going to start to click in. That's what we want you to do. Take into account all of your time on screen. Try to, again, balance the light by both how, you know, is it a small lamp? Is it a large lamp? Is the shade light? Is the shade dark? Dark shades on antique lamps. That's what I use in a bookcase you know that's a, what oh. i use as a little decorative like a little element yeah it's and it's not really for light it's for glow just in having said that it kind of makes me think of like my friend group is like my lights like not everyone needs to be the brightest shiniest one you need like a moody one you need like a sassy one you need like the funny one over there but then you need ones that are kind of like the wallflowers who are like very dependable they do their thing but like they don't need to be the star of the show mix it up feeling feels right to me in my house you are so totally right and this is telling your character's backstory Within your decor, this is from Hollywood to your home more than ever. This is how you can enhance what you have from the plainest, simplest room to something that you're working towards to really express a total look. 
So, Beth, I have a lot of friends who have done some renos. We've had a lot of flooding around here in the last three or four years. So a lot of people had to get down to the studs. And they went in and put all recessed lighting in the house. And now they're like, ta-da, I'm done. And I walk in and I'm like, it doesn't feel done. What is it that they're missing by just having all recessed lighting in the whole house? They're missing mood. And they're missing being able to, I mean, no offense, but... (laughs) They're missing being able to take advantage of just what we're talking about, creating your character and making choices that are both decorative and practical. And I don't think being in a a room that's all lit from above for all the time that you're in that room now, starting with school and work in the morning through the whole day to hanging and living at night, it's like being under fluorescent lighting for the whole day. It's like sitting in your in your badly lit office for the whole day. I've never worked in a production office, in an art department, set deck department, where we've used overhead lighting because my job involves making so many choices of pattern and color and what goes with what. So I'm always, always wanting an office with a window and that doesn't necessarily happen. So I always light my office with practicals. It feels so much more inviting to me. Like I can think of, you know, this is going to sound funny, but like the the teachers or the or the guidance counselor or whomever at the school who had bothered to put a lamp on their desk always oh, seems a lot. Doesn't it? Doesn't that it feel like, come yep. on in. We're yep. not just all in this factory of students. We're here to have it be like a homey place. Yeah. And if it's in the shape of an apple or a bunny rabbit or something, oh. <laughs> that's a win-win right there. Adorable. <laughs> we always look for that wooden jewelry, right? With a little wooden yep. apple action. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I know that they have um, brought in some new products in our lighting world that might be a little bit, you know, unique out there that people can maybe kind of mix and match into their home with all their sort of more traditional or the, the, the lights that they may have already thought of. What are some things you're seeing out there for some different trends, some different things to try out? There's definitely some contemporary picture lights hanging a a modern strip, a picture light, artwork light on your paintings. It can set a whole other mood. At night, you can dim down all the lighting and just have those picture lights. There are great interior cabinet lights. You have glass front kitchen cabinets. There are under the cabinet lights. And these are all small little things. Sometimes we use puck lights We call them just, you know, little round lights. And let's say you have a standing plant, a fig tree or a ficus tree or something. We just put that puck light right behind the base of the tree and it kind of shines up behind it and Shut up, Beth. Uplighting is so sexy. Freaking so sexy. If I am driving and I see someone has uplighting in their yard, I'm like, pull over, pull over. I need to check this out. Like, do you see this uplighting going on over here? I'm not joking you. I really do look at people's lights. You know, I do see a lot of like, 
pin spots that have become popular in outdoor lighting where you can just um, stick them into the grass and they run the the length of the the driveway. And, Mm. you know, they're practical, of course, because you want to be able to walk with light and stuff. But yes, there's solar lighting for outside and stuff for like your your railing and like even your outdoor plants and stuff like like really warm that spot up outside yeah that i just saw non-christmas looking non-holiday looking but these incredible metal light up trees that are would be great for a living room space or for a porch or a deck for a terrace there are actual decor items being infused with a lighting element. So it checks off two boxes. It's decor and it's lighting. Nice. <laughs> Let's get efficient. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic, Beth. Beth, I know that lighting is so near and dear to your heart. I know you've got some wisdom up in there that you can impart on our listeners, something to kind of guide them as they're going into their own little journeys on lighting. Hit us up with something. As I've told everyone from my behind-the-scenes shares, lighting is just almost as important to me and such a big part of set decoration and my whole career of set decoration. The cinematographer Rachel Morrison says, Cinematography speaks to everything that women do inherently well. It's multitasking, it's empathy, and it's channeling visuals into human emotion. That was such a striking quote by her. She is an American cinematographer, and for her work on the film Mudbound, she earned a nomination for an Academy Award for Best Cinematography, making her the first woman ever nominated in the category. Wow. Which is stunning. Crazy overdue. Crazy overdue. But her viewpoint and her work as a cinematographer, totally inspiring to me. And as I said, everyone take this time now in the dark winter to be your own set decorator, your own cinematographer. Send in your questions DM me at Back Home Decor, and I want to take a look at how you've upped the ante on your lighting. I'm so excited to get to help more listeners in season two here and help them feel like they can elevate their mood and their home with excellent lighting. Thank you so much, Beth. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. And don't forget to please rate, review, and subscribe to Decorating the Set on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Five stars, people. Five stars. Thank you. Decorating the set from Hollywood to your home is an original Pod Clubhouse production. Recorded, edited, and produced at Pod Clubhouse Studios. For more information, please visit us online at podclubhouse.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Decorating the Set at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.